This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Let's continue our defensive position preview here on the podcast. We've been going through position by position. Last week, the offense. This week, we're focusing in on the defense. You can go back and, and binge these as you get ready for the Illini football season, which kicks off on August 28th against Nebraska, week zero on Fox. Uh, but here we go. Let's go to the linebacker position group, Joey Wagner. And uh, this is a group that you and I during spring ball looked at and said, uh-oh, uh, they, they could be in trouble here. And it, it's no shot to, to the guys that were practicing, but you had two scholarship players practicing during spring ball with new inside linebackers coach um, Andy Boo, and it was C.J. Hart, a transfer, and Dylan Rosiak, a true freshman. But before we dive into why we feel confident and why this could be maybe the biggest strength or known commodity on the defense, let's talk about what this position is. Uh, in this defense, which we're kind of, um, I guess, assuming a little bit, but we know a little bit of their past, how they were used during the spring game that we saw. But basically, there's going to be two linebackers from Andy Boo's group on the field uh, at a time, whether it's a 4-2-5 defense, whether it's a 3-4 defense. I think, Joey, we know there's going to be two guys uh, on the field at a time, kind of your prototypical middle linebacker and weak side linebacker. And then around them, of course, you might have a nickel. You might have two outside linebackers who are really edge rushers. But basically kind of a traditional two, three, four uh, inside linebackers. And and not too different, I don't think, from what we saw with Lovey Smith's defense when you had guys like Dele Harding at the mic and then Jake Hansen at the weak side right next to him. Yeah, I mean, that's what we think. I, it's kind of hard for me to imagine three linebackers, three of those inside linebackers out there at the same time. But, again, like I feel like we're kind of repeating this, but we have to always put this asterisk like, yeah, we think. I mean, this is what our, our best guess is. But I think that's fair, right? I think every time it's going to be two, and really we could probably get ahead of myself here, we could break it down to one. It's going to be Jay Canton and someone else. Yeah. Otherwise, something's gone really, really wrong. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm interested, not as interested as I am to see how they use the outside linebackers here, but I, I am interested to see how they go about deploying these linebackers, how they use them, and what Andy Boo can get out of them. Yeah, and Andy Boo obviously has a pretty good resume. He's been a coordinator at four other schools, uh, FBS schools, including a couple Big Ten programs uh, in Rutgers and Maryland. So w- when they put the staff together, you're sitting there going, you know, they got a young defense coordinator, Ryan Walters, but very experienced. Uh, but then surrounding him, you have Andy Boo, who's got years of defensive coordinator experience, and, and Kevin Kane, who's a defense coordinator at, at SMU, which is really coming back into its own, uh, what, 40 years or 35? years after the death penalty um so he's got a really good staff around him and andy boo's got to be a a really really good uh resource for him and and just an experienced guy they can put together and and just one of the nicer guys that that we certainly talked to uh on the staff 
But what an addition for this staff after Jake Hansen goes into the NFL draft. You're thinking, that's it. What a career. Uh, kudos to Jake Hansen. He's got nothing more to prove. Let's see if he can make an NFL roster, right? But wait, <laughs> he finds a way to come back, gets a waiver, something that's probably due to the pandemic. Uh, but Jake Hansen comes back for Illinois. And this group went from Joey, potentially one of the lowest on my list in position rankings, to probably the highest when I go to defense. Like, I don't know if it's the most talented, but when you have the all Big Ten second team linebacker right there and Jake Hansen, somebody who could break the force fumbles record is going to be one of the top career tacklers at Illinois and just a playmaker. You add him to a couple other pieces coming back with Tariq Barnes and uh, Kalon Tolson, as you said, CJ Hart, the, the transfer, you feel pretty good about having two of those four guys in the field, but Jake Hansen being one of them just makes me feel way more confident in this group. Yeah, he had to get a waiver because I believe he hired an agent and that had to all get get sorted out. I'll be honest with you, Jeremy. I, I think I may have joked with you as like this guy may as well just rent a condo in Houston because he and Lovey are are so close. And I, I didn't know if he was going to get drafted. I thought that could have been a fit, but getting him back and it took some prodding. Now, like I mean, Bielma told us that it was a hey, what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? No, 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 until. He said, really, really no. And Jake or Brett called Jake's dad and said, hey, look, if this thing ever opens up, we'd like to get our shot here to bring him back. And sure enough, it opened up. I think I remember when this all kind of came out, wasn't a whole lot of smoke around that decision, right? It was just kind of like, look on social media and boom, Jake Hansen's back. And it really changed everything I thought about the linebackers in one move. I know that might seem like I'm overstating it a little bit, but he's so sure as a tackler. He, I mean, the, the fumble thing, like, that's not an accident, right? I mean, he, he's good at doing those things, and and he's very – he's got a gravitational pull to him. And, and if you're switching over this this coaching staff and, and things are kind of shaken up, you want this guy there to help kind of stabilize things. And, goodness, he's played in a ton of games, man. He has yeah. played in a lot of games. I'm trying to like make a list in my head of the most important returners, and I, I'm settling on him as a top three guy. Um, I think Brandon Peters is really important. Now, that was even before Art Sikowski got here, so maybe you'd feel okay with Art, but you certainly feel way better with Brandon and Art uh, on the team. I think Vidarian Lowe for me, is very high on that list. And it's to take nothing away from from Doug Kramer, who's really important, or Alex Palczewski, who's really important. But I think just finding – you had Blake Giarsadi on the roster, right? And you felt like you could have found another guard like Jack Bedovinak and Alex Pilstrom can start. I don't think there's another left tackle that I would feel very, very confident in. Even though Julian Pearl took a step forward, he's been on the right side, right? So I think I would have him up there. But when it comes to these defensive returners, and I, I think Roderick Perry's huge. I think Isaiah Gay and Owen Carney getting them back. Tony Adams is huge. I think Jake Hansen getting him back is the biggest coup of them all because he is such a great football player. Uh, he's a playmaker. He's a leader of that defense. He is the heart of that defense. And um, I, I just think he's he's the leader, man. Like People follow him, and I think he sets the tone. So I think that's, a, that's just a monster addition. And he's one of the best football players on the team. Uh, if, if we made a top five list, uh, I think he'd be in the top half, you know, like one, two or three. He's probably on that list on this team. Yeah, I think in terms of most important return, I think on defense, I think Tony Adams would, would maybe push up there with Jake for me just because of the depth behind Tony. I'm a little less sure about 
than I am about the other three linebackers. Uh, certainly beyond that, we don't know. But it's huge, man. It, I, I mean, I, I'm sure people who are listening or reading are like, yeah, okay, all right, great. Like, we get it. He, he's coming back. And everybody seems to like Jake, but it just – I said this on another podcast with somebody. I don't remember who it was that we were talking about, Jeremy, but to know the floor of a position group is is so important to me because it's it's easy to kind of project or easier to project from there versus if you have, you know, I, I like Tariq Barnes, I like Kalon Tolson, I like Calvin Hart, I think, but I, I mean, just to to know in Jake, right? And it's exactly what you said. People follow this guy, man. They have for a long time, and and it matters. The, the games he's missed, I think back to, I believe, the bowl game in 2019, he missed. I, I can still see him rehabbing in the hotel. Um, you know, that it, it's different. It, it changes that defense. Maybe not schematically, maybe not some huge drop-off, but you just feel it when he's not there. Yeah. So to have him back for another year, is, I mean, it's, it's massive. Just one final thing on Jake. It's going to be interesting to see uh, him in a different defense, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was such the lovey guy uh, and really excelled in doing his job. Now, he could struggle in coverage at times. Now, Lovey and Miles would debate us on that. Um, but I, I feel like against the run, I think he's going to have more room. Like I, I feel like there's going to be more open space in front of him with the defensive line more you know, taking up a couple gaps rather than shooting in their own gap. I feel like Jake might have a little bit of more freedom to run uh, and scrape in this, in this defense. Uh, and I also think he's going to be covering man. He's not going to be covering the deep third of a field anymore where he's kind of put in bad positions uh, to cover some tight ends or receivers like that. So I'm really interested to see how, how that goes. Uh, just one final note on Jake Hansen, but um, Phil Steele has the Illinois linebackers number 11 in the Big Ten, which I think is, is fair. But just imagine it without Jake Hansen is, is what I'm saying. Like, I think it'd be way worse because there are some guys behind him who have experience, have had some moments, but are still kind of a little bit unknown. So let's start with a guy who I think fits this defense pretty well, and that's Tariq Barnes. Um, was the best football player on the field against Wisconsin for, for Illinois. Had a great second half where he replaced Jake Hansen uh, due to that concussion. And he was just a playmaker, man. He had big, physical, fast, athletic. Kudos to Miles Smith for, for getting on him when it seemed like the SEC schools were just kind of um, you know full at that point. Uh, so they added a really good linebacker in that class. And I just think big, physical, that's what you want kind of in, in this inside linebacker position. Kalon Tolson, I'm interested to see how much does he fit in in this defense. Kind of an undersized, small, shorter, I should say. But he is, I mean, if you've seen Kalen Tolson with a a shirt off, he's one of the most jacked guys on the the team. It's just he's about 5'11", 230 pounds as opposed to 6'2", 235 or 240 pounds. So uh, we'll be interesting because he's a weak side linebacker, in my opinion. So it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, how he fits in this defense. But Kalon was was a playmaker last year before he suffered that injury, was forcing fumbles, kind of felt like he had some similarities to Jake Hansen a little bit and his nose for the football, uh, his ability to run sideline to sideline. But uh, what do you expect out of those two, Tariq Barnes and Kalon Tolson? I'll start with Tariq. I think you nailed it. I mean, for all the criticism that Lovey Smith and Miles Smith get, and in some cases deserve, this isn't one of them. That that was just a really good late find, and Miles Smith did a really nice job on that. And and if you look at some of the pro football focus grades for coverage, Tariq Barnes was, you know, pretty high up there 
on this Illinois team and he's fast. He, you know, he's, he's got good muscle. And, and if you remember, Jeremy, there was a point, it must've been before he got hurt that he was really, I think he had already broken into the starting lineup. And I, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, he displaced Milo Eifler or well, was on the cusp of doing that. Well, what happened is he replaced Jake Hansen, looked great, but then Jake came back and they kept Milo Eifler and Milo really struggled last mm-hmm. year. And they kind of stuck with him, stuck with him, stuck with him. Uh, and then finally, Tariq, I believe it was a Nebraska game, got back in uh, as a starter and had a great performance. And then he suffered uh, the season-ending, I think it was a, an ankle injury, he said. Yeah. Um, but in, in two games, basically, had 25 tackles, tackle and a half for loss, sack, interception, fumble recovery. was just around yeah. the ball, made plays. Inexplicably did not play much yeah. after that Wisconsin game. I mean, he was – you're right. He was the best player on the field. And then to not see him really for two games was was bizarre. I mean, he, he looked like a better football player than Milo Eifler. Like Milo looked like Milo looks the part. That's certainly the case. But Tariq was producing more on the field. Yeah, I, that was. I mean, I Lovey probably deserves some some criticism for that because Tariq was good. I, I'm really interested to see where he comes into this uh, so many questions first of all just how this rotation shakes loose with four guys for really two spots um but but he's someone who it's kind of like what we talked about with shaman cooper jeremy he's out there and he makes plays man he, he just does things on a football field Kalon's a name that's interesting because brett bielham has talked about him you know he's been in this maintenance program for the better um really the better part of training camp didn't go through spring ball, similar to Tariq. But Kalon's a name that Brett Bielema mentions a few times. Now, it's not always like, goodness gracious, this guy was a ball of fire out there. But I think when you hear him mention these guys in these maintenance plans, like he's done with Alex Palczewski, with with Mike Epstein, with Kalon Tolson, that means you notice when they're not out there, right? And and to hear that keep coming up, I – I don't know. He's probably a better fit. One of the guys is probably a better fit for the old system. And, and but I, I just can't stop thinking about how they're going to use him and where. You know, he's physically. You know, like you said, not the tallest guy, but like strong enough. You could almost have imagined him as like a small outside linebacker, just because he is. He is, you know, so yeah. If if you were if you were a little faster, I could imagine him as a nickel for somebody. You know what I mean? Because he's, yeah. um, but I, I would put him there when you got maybe a faster DB. But um, he's 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 a good football player, and he had a nose for the ball. It was kind of an ideal fit as a weak side linebacker in Lovey's scheme. Just be interesting to see how he fits. Because again, we we haven't seen uh, how he'll fit in. The one thing I think we do got to bring up here is the three returners we mentioned were not in spring practice, right? Jake Hansen was was on campus, but he wasn't participating. Uh, Tariq Barnes was still recovering from that ankle fracture, and, and Kalon Tolson had a more serious injury, uh, a torn uh, ACL in his knee. Um, he's taken a little bit more time. They've been more cautious with him with these maintenance days, as you're saying. You get some days off, then he practices, takes some days off. Um, so these guys haven't had as much experience in Andy Boo's defense. But with Jake Hansen, I don't worry about it. <laughs> right, I think he's earned that. And with Kalon, Kalon's in his fourth year uh, at Illinois. I think he could pick up a defense pretty quick, but he just doesn't have the physical reps in there. Uh, Tariq Barnes in his third year, um, I think he should be able to pick it up pretty quick, but just doesn't have as many reps as the guy we're going to talk about coming up next and C.J. Hart. But they don't have as many of those reps uh, physically uh, in this scheme. But uh, you talked with Andy Boo about how many mental reps they've gotten here. Yeah, I mean, that's 
he basically had two groups in, in spring ball, right? Like the, the cans who can go out there and do stuff physically, which as you mentioned is was two scholarship players. One was a, a true early enrollee freshman, you know, Alec McCarron ended up being put on scholarship late in spring, but for the better part, it was just two. And then the cannot, the, the guys who had to take mental reps or maybe, maybe do some light, very, very light walkthroughs where, you know, where you're at least stepping into some of these, these gaps, but it, it was really such a large group on both sides. And it's, it's a lot of that is the reason, Jeremy, I cannot stop thinking that Calvin Hart is probably somebody who I would not be surprised to see right there alongside Jay Canton because he got both of them, right? He got the mental, he got the physical, he got the whole nine yards. And, and, and you know, do they get him if, if they know Jake's coming back? I don't know. I mean, I think that's a question we'll probably never – on the record, maybe even off the record, have an answer to. It's a good problem to have, though, isn't it? It's a great problem. It's, <laughs> it's, it's why we think so highly of this group, right? And he was a pretty good player at NC State, and he came with with high regards to Brett Bielema. Uh, you know, it's, it's just hard. Hard to imagine he's not out there. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get people to know C.J. Hart a little bit. Uh, there is a connection to Brett Bielema, and that would be Dave Doran. Dave Doran. Uh, was the former defense coordinator at Wisconsin under Brett Bielema, went on to Northern Illinois where he had two fantastic years. I believe he was there for the Orange Bowl year uh, with Jordan Lynch as well. Uh, so then he goes to NC State and has been great there. Like Everything Illinois wants, NC State has had, where they're just consistently making bowl games and, and kind of rising up in the ACC. Uh, Dave Dorn's done a really good job, and he didn't want to lose. Uh, C.J. Hart, and uh, but he gave really good uh, approval uh, for for C.J. and what he could bring to Brett Bielema. And he was just kind of buried on a depth chart that included a couple NFL prospects on there. Uh, so he wants a new opportunity. And of course, Jake Hansen leaving. C.J. is like, yeah, that's my starting <laughs> spot. They, they got two guys out with injury, and and Jake Hansen's leaving. But Hansen does come back. But it does feel like C.J. has has made his impression here. Big kid at six one. 230 certainly looks the part. Um, he's played in a lot of football games at NC State last year. 18 tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. The year before, 35 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, one sack, one fumble recovery. Um, so just a huge boost of depth experience and and looks like a guy that that's likely to play um, one of the top three. He's going to be one of the top three linebackers here. I would guess he starts next to Jake Hansen, uh, but certainly a, a boost to the competition, which, which is great. It forces everyone to be better, and you got two guys coming off an injury. Um, this is a great addition and, and just makes this group look so much better uh, than, than we thought it could. And he's got a couple of years too, right? Uh, I mean, that's a big, big deal. Three years. Like three years, right? So he, he's not just that one-year guy who, you know, you got to start all over again by losing him and Jake next year. So he, he could really be you know, kind of a little bit of a fixture here. Uh, for what Illinois wants to do, reminds me a little bit um, like getting Delshawn Phillips. I know that was a JUCO thing, but you get somebody for a couple of years, and and for a couple of years they're there and they're ready to go, and they can make an impact. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, I'm with you, man. It's it just we've talked about this maybe just between us or elsewhere, but you you go out and you get transfers for a reason, right? And if you're a transfer, you transfer somewhere for a reason. And that reason generally is not to watch football being played in front of you while you're not playing. Uh, and, and, you know, I know that the calculus changed a little bit when Jake came back, but I, I don't think it changed that much. I, I think those spring reps combined with just his ability as a football player, right? I think that 
all of these things kind of piece together and matter. And when we're trying to figure out what this looks like, which is a lot of the reason why I, I think the starters aren't as surprising to me as how just how this all lines up snap wise. But he's he's a good football player, man. And, and Brett Bielema has a large circle of college coaches that he knows that are not afraid to be honest with him, that he trusts their opinion. And and if you get somebody like Calvin Hart and it comes with that recommendation, I don't think you take it lightly. Right. I don't think. You know, I, I don't think you, you think, ah, I don't know, maybe they're just trying to, to say this to, you know, for whatever reason they have. And especially when, when NC State's not interested in losing you. Right. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of that stuff really matters. And, and our interactions with Calvin Hart have been have been good. We've heard good reviews. It, it just seems like he's he's really an impressive guy out there. Yeah, one thing I will say, uh, just this is looking at pro football focus. I haven't break, broken down all of these um, game films of, of Calvin Hart like I did with a guy like Art Sikowski. But uh, tackling was an issue last year. He, mm-hmm. he missed uh, he missed quite a few tackles. Early in the season was much better. Late in the season, his first year on the field, that was not a problem. So um, that, it seemed like missed tackles were a little bit of an issue last year. But certainly he was in their rotation for a good NC State team, for a good defense under a good defensive coach and Dave Doran. Um, so if anything, I think what C.J. Hart does, not only long-term here, Joey, but for this season, 2021, you know who's going to be the guy next to Jake Hansen? It's a great competition. And if you aren't good enough for a game or two, they can put somebody else in, whether it's Kalon or Tariq Barnes or you know CJ Hart. Like you have three options that I feel like you're going to get a productive player out of one of those guys. And if one linebacker goes down, you feel comfortable putting another one in because they've produced before. Right, so it just feels like that's a really good top four. Maybe not as strong as running back, where you got four guys playing for one spot, but four guys playing for two spots. Uh, I I just feel like linebacker. I know what I'm going to get. I feel like you're going to get solid play at at worst out of their linebackers, and I'm just really interested to see how they fit into this new scheme and how how this new scheme helps them. I will also say I think we at least I probably feel a little bit better about the depth of this position because we expect to see two linebackers versus three. I think if you go in with, you know, a fourth or a four three and and you've only you know, I say only have four guys, and that's been what Illinois had for, for some time, you're probably a little more on edge, right? I mean, what happens if and, and you know, we've seen some of those what happens if situations go, you know, not in the best way for Illinois. But now that there's, there's two spots and there's four guys that for whatever reason, in my mind, I draw a line to, oh, that's good. That, that, that's good versus literally just a, a one different position, one more added position. I, I don't feel as strongly now. I mean, one of those guys is truly, truly proven. Uh, you know, I, I think we've seen a lot. Uh, Calvin Hart's pretty proven, would be the second most. But there's still, you know, we're, we are projecting a little bit out with Tariq Barnes. And Kalon has four years. But if I remember correctly, the first two were not – you know, a ton of time on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've got, you know, they're, they're fairly proven, but outside of Jake and, and a little bit of Calvin, you're wondering, okay, what's going on here? And then you put in a new defense, but I, I don't think that is something that's that's truly a concern. Yeah, and uh, I feel like if, if you would have kept three, if they had ran a 4-3 here, Joe, you'd still see Shimon Cooper in this group, right? So the fact that they moved a four-star uh, to a different position tells you that they feel pretty good about those top four options as well. Let's talk about the depth here. Like the third string, who could that be? Because 
we saw last year got down to the third string pretty quickly. Uh, and also the future at this position because they have added uh, a couple freshmen here to this group. We'll talk about that next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we expected Shimon Cooper to kind of try and force his way into this. He's kind of been buried, and and that's a kudos to to you know what Illinois had at this position. That Shimon Cooper is a good football player, wasn't able to kind of get into the two deep. I still don't know why he didn't play uh, late in the season when they were missing about three linebackers. But uh, he moves outside linebacker. We covered that. But what is the third string? And we'll get into some of the scholarship players here, Joey. But Andy Boo is very complimentary about some walk-ons. And I think your your third strings will be a couple guys who are walk-ons. I don't think that's such a bad thing because um, Alec, Alec McCarron has some experience here. Ryan Mead was a nice addition as a walk-on out of New York. Uh, had a couple of Division One offers. And he decides to come to Illinois. And then... One of the best names on the team, Isaac D'Arcangelo, uh, who, who's really good at the lower level. was a D2, uh, I believe he played at, and really good his freshman year there. They said some good things about him. And another guy I wouldn't uh, overlook is Luke Zardzin, a, a true freshman walk-on uh, out of Mount Prospect, who uh, they were really excited to get as a walk-on. So uh, I don't think it's yet time for Dylan Rosiak and Kanena Odaluga, maybe not even Zardzin, but uh, they do have some experienced walk-ons back there who are starting to get to their upperclassmen years that'll provide some depth yeah and I, again i you know i think lovey and his staff in some areas did a pretty nice job with the walk-on program the, the linebacker would be that area uh and i i agree i i think and andy boo told me as much he said what they did in the spring matters i, I mean we just didn't go through spring to go through it and wash the board completely clean basically just because they got you know three impact guys you know high impact guys back which, which indicates to me that those walk-ons i mean those those are guys who you probably won't have to see i, I think everybody has fingers crossed just on a human level that injuries don't yeah. don't sneak up on, on some of these guys yeah i wouldn't feel great about mccarran and dark angel right. as my starters i'm not saying right. that but they do yeah, have yeah. a little bit of depth that andy sure. Boo has been complimentary of right and, and i'll tell you and you're right, i don't think we have to lean on you'll have to see them lean on the freshmen, but I kind of like them, man. I kind of like the, some of the freshmen they have out there. Um, Underrated be- guys. Let's, let's, let's bring them up. Um, guys who are under the radar uh, as prospects, 
But but Dylan Rosiak um, was a really interesting get when they got him because when I went down and saw him at Florida, I mean, he looks like a Big Ten linebacker. He's built like a Big Ten linebacker. He's very close to the Hanson family. Lane Hanson is his best friend, who's Jake's younger brother, and he's a long snapper uh, at Illinois now. Um, I think he plays a little like Jake. He knows how to take the ball away. Um, he's a little bit bigger than I think Jake was as, as a high school prospect, but he had a spring here. He enrolled early, and he seemed to do a really good job. I think he's a really smart football player, uh, pretty good athlete, uh, and just a tough-nosed guy. And then I, I think Kenena Odaluga is a fascinating one. Uh, Jordan Lynch coached him at Mount Carmel, and he suggested Illinois look at him. He was committed to an Ivy League school, and uh, Illinois decided, hey, we, we need some linebacker depth. We really like him. He's a really good-looking athlete as well. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it'll turn into down the road, but seeing a little bit of film, Ryan Easterling went out and saw him. Uh, he's a guy that in, in a couple of years uh, I think can make an impact. So not highly ranked prospects, right? But uh, I don't think you always need those uh, at at linebacker uh, to have some productive players. Look, man, if you're Brett Bielema, if you're Andy Boo, and you know the history with Jake Hansen and Dylan Rosiak, you say follow him everywhere. Watch everything he does. Mimic every action he does. Do not ever lose sight of Jake Hansen unless you guys are asleep. I mean, just just learn. And obviously they're close, right? That helps that that there's a family connection. I, I kinda, You can look at pictures and – I would challenge you for one he's in to point out the kid who graduated high school in May. I mean, he's huge. He, he's a, a good looking kid. You know, we'll see, but look, Illinois is not going to have to rely on any of these freshmen we're talking about probably for two years, yeah. if not more. That's good. I, again, you're seeing this program kind of start to take that step where those, the, you know, those kind of reliances on younger guys aren't necessary unless obviously they work themselves into that role, but it you know may end up being a nice enough. We don't know, but they got him really late. It wasn't like he was the first guy on the board that they took when when they got hired here. So you know we'll see. They took him for a reason. They they liked him. It you know obviously comes from a very good program at uh, Loyola Chicago, right? Loyola Chicago, Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel, Mount Carmel, yes. So you know we'll see. It's it's a good problem to have, and, and maybe couple of those guys find their way onto the special teams and they they make a little bit of an impact there but not gonna have to see him for a couple of years we think and that's good yeah let's talk about that future because they also have malachi hood um another under the radar prospect but he kind of played safety in high school but he is really bulked up you saw him joey up close i'm gonna see him coming up here in a couple of weeks uh, but is really, really bulked up and is, is a strong kid, worked out for the staff. And after he got Illinois offers, he had everybody calling, but he, he liked Illinois. So he would have had a couple more Power 5 offers if he hadn't committed so quickly. Uh, but uh, So you got Malachi Hood, Kanena Odaluga. We didn't mention Kalen Villanueva, uh, who the last staff recruited and signed, uh, has been injured. Um, so we haven't really seen anything about him, and the staff really hasn't seen him. Uh, but a pretty good athlete and I think a good fit at linebacker compared to uh, DB. So they got you know four probably freshmen next year because I think all those other kids should redshirt. But you also have Calvin Hart for for two more seasons after this one. You have Kalon Tolson for for another season after this one. You have Tariq Barnes for two more seasons after this one. Um, this is a place where you feel like you have depth. Um, so I, I don't think there's going to be a need to rush to, and get a get a transfer unless there's an injury or transfer out. This feels like a position that even though you lose Jake Hansen after this sixth season of eligibility. 
this feels like a position that you got some stability here and you kind of have this, okay, we still got these guys for several more years, CJ Hart, Kalon Tolson, Tariq Barnes. Uh, and then you can kind of pass the baton to Rosiak, Odaluga, Malachi Hood. feels like you got a nice setup there. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you see with Malachi Hood because he, he's a, a large guy, man. I mean, he's he's got those coverage skills, obviously, as a defensive back. And and really, to be honest, before Illinois, you know, offered, got him on campus and worked him out, he was, you know, it was COVID and, and he was kind of hearing a little bit from, from some other schools. And, you know, some schools were hesitant to really pull the trigger on, on a scholarship and seeing everything. And Illinois jumped in there and did it. And he's He's an impressive looking guy and we'll see how all of that plays out. We've not talked about a kid who's probably, you know, we could see eventually not as a walk on anymore. And Luke Zardzen, I mean, they, they were excited to get him, you know, maybe I know we've talked about this, some other players here, maybe in a COVID year, maybe he's not a walk on, you know, maybe there's no opportunity for a walk on there. They seem to really like him, uh, you know, given that he's a freshman walk on, right. But he, he's somebody I'm really interested to see, how he plays out. And can I just throw this out there? Uh, we mentioned it in the last podcast, like is Shimon Cooper a long-term mm-hmm. outside linebacker? If not, you move him back inside. So I just think uh, you do have some depth there. And, and, and you know, Shimon, we'll see where he's at on the depth chart uh, going into next spring. But he's also a guy that I think if you lose somebody you didn't expect to lose, I think he's I, I think he's an inside linebacker. I think that's where his, his long-term future is. So uh, maybe he can move back inside there. What are your expectations for this group, Joey? Is it a great group? Is it a good group? Is it solid? Is it 11th in the Big Ten? How do you feel about it? I don't think it's 11. And I want to say that not as a knock to Phil Steele because for those of us who are around, who watch every single snap of every game, who who talk to a lot of people, it's easy for our opinions to, to kind of be different than people who are, you know, just not as familiar with them. So I understand why it's 11th, right? I mean, I don't think that's some sort of great insult of humanity. No. I just think – you know, you're not around. You have three guys who – two guys coming off of injuries, three guys who who literally just started going through this physically at the beginning of August. I understand all of that. I just think it's better than that. And, and I don't yeah. know that it's a great group, but I think it's better than a good group. Or so, I, I'm somewhere in between there, provided they're all healthy. And, and they're all smart guys, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think this is some system that they're not going to be able to understand at all. I, I think they're probably moving along fine in that regard. I, I think it's it's somewhere between good and great, maybe a top half of the Big Ten linebacker unit. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see, but I, I think it's got that potential because I think Jake Hansen yeah. gets him out of that 11 spot by himself. Yeah, I, I think Phil's about right on, to be honest with you. And that might sound weird after, you know, I've been saying I feel good about this group. Um, but, like, if Jake Hansen weren't part of this group, I could see them ranking last, Joey. Because Tariq Barnes has started two games. Kalon Tolson started, what, five, six? And yeah. C.J. Hart was a backup at NC State. So like, if you zoom out, like, I look at Purdue, and Purdue's had some issues, right, like of, of depth around their, their, around their roster. And, like, it's not an overly highly ranked group coming out of high school. Um, the, the talent, I don't know how many NFL talents are here. Is Jake Hansen an NFL player? I think that's a big question mark. CJ, I mean, if he was, he's not here right now, right? Exactly. So, like, I, I think Jake Hansen's a great college football player, and I think it's great for Illinois to have him back. And he takes this group for me from, 
you know, the position of weakness of the defense and potentially the one I feel most comfortable with. But like for me, it's just, I think this group has a high four. Like I'm not concerned, like this group's going to be terrible. Like I have some concerns at other positions on this defense that they might not be good at all. Right. Like if, if one injury happens, what happens at cornerback? Like if safety play are any of those safeties good, we, we don't know yet. Uh, defensive line, outside linebackers, like there's some talent there. I think there's real – I think that the ceiling might be as high in the front four or front five as anything, but we just got to see it consistently and see it in a new defense. Um, so, But inside linebacker, I just don't have a lot of huge concerns because I think they have a playmaker, they have a leader, they have three guys behind Jake Hansen who I feel comfortable playing. But is it the best group? Is it the most talented group? I don't think so. So, um, But in this defense – that's what is going to be key for me. I think at the end of the year, they could have top half of the Big Ten production, even if they don't have top half of the Big Ten talent mm-hmm. in that group. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I guess that's kind of where how I interpreted the question. Yeah, this isn't probably the most talented group. I just think that I think it's a productive group. I think it's a productive group in college, right? I mean, it's exactly what you said. I don't know how many NFL players are playing linebacker at Illinois right now. Um, you know, we haven't seen – Calvin Hart at Illinois, we haven't seen some of these guys in a bigger role, but I just think production-wise, I, I think they're going to be somewhere, I wouldn't put them in the upper or middle top half of the Big Ten. I mean, you look at somewhere in that seven range, maybe even a little bit, maybe that top half of the bottom of the Big Ten, you know, a couple of spaces there. I just think a middle-of-the-road Big Ten linebacker group is is a reasonable thing to expect. Well, out of these guys. And like, if you're telling me it's a top 10 group, like if it were, if 11 isn't a failure to me when it's Illinois, right? Like this defense has been so bad uh, for so long. Even if Dele Harding had a great year, Jake Hansen had a couple of great years. Um, I, I think the group is, is the, the known of, of the defense. And I, I, I think that's a good thing. Like, I, I just feel like this defense has a lot of unknowns in it, especially going to a new scheme. But I think this linebacker group with the four guys at the top, I feel like you feel comfortable that no matter what the defense, they could be good. And I just think that scheme and the new coaches could take them uh, to another level. All right, uh, great stuff on the linebackers. Coming up, we got uh, the DBs. We'll break down Aaron Henry in his cornerback room and Ryan Walters in his safety room as well. If you missed any of other position previews, go check them out. Go follow our podcast, Alana Inquire, and uh, give us a rating review. That helps us out when you do that. And don't forget, right now, it's the deal of the year. If you ever wanted Alana Inquire premium access, go sign up for a VIP membership for 75% off an entire year. You save more than $75. Uh, hot of Sharma, Tom Fernelli giving us shout outs to go uh, try us out. So it's a good time uh, to sign up for an Alana Inquire VIP membership. Joey, appreciate the insight, my man. Thanks, man. All right. We'll talk to you guys all next time on the Alana Inquire podcast.